Hello, everyone. Glad you could join us on the Real People, Real God podcast. We'll spend the next little while getting to know God a little bit better by getting into the Bible and hearing what He has to say to us and through us. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. We're glad to have you here with us. And uh, it's myself, uh, Pastor Tim Howard, and I have a special guest with us today. And uh, I know that you will be ex- um, uh, excited to hear this story uh, the story of real life, the story of a uh, of, uh, difficult life in many aspects, um, but with a with a great uh, ending. And I'm hoping this will maybe touch your life or somebody that you know. Um, a powerful story of uh, of surrender, a powerful story of salvation. And so um, we're excited to uh, have with us Matt Clark. And uh, you know we're going to ask him a few questions, and he's going to. Just, just basically tell us, tell us, um, tell us about his life and uh, uh, how he lived his life and what the Lord has done in his life. So, um, we're excited to uh, to introduce Matt to you. So, um, uh, this is uh, Matt Clark. Say hi, Matt. Hello. Okay. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and and jump into this. And I just want to remind you that. Um, if uh, you want to contact us here at the podcast, you can email us at info at valleyviewchapel.net, or you can comment on the podcast where you listen to it. And um, we'd love to hear your uh, uh, your stories, your comments. Um, we also solicit your prayers as well as we continue this podcast and, and trying to reach people with the gospel. So, um, all right, so let's get into it. Um, so I've uh, known Matt for a couple years, several years now. And uh, Matt and his family, and uh, really enjoy them and um, uh, his parents, his kids, uh, and uh, so you know Matt uh, shared a, a pieces of his story with me uh, since I've known him. But there's much more to his story, and uh, the Lord's laid it on his heart to really start to share this story because there's a lot of people going through a lot of things, and our testimonies can be some of the most powerful things that we share with with people. And so that's that's what we're doing here today. And uh, so, Matt, let's start off. I mean, um, you know, give us a little basis for your life. What was your upbringing like? Uh, what kind of what kind of home were you raised in? Was it a Christian home? And uh, just kind of start from there and, and, and uh, just let us know a little bit about your your past. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Tom. Yes, definitely. And uh, <clears throat> my upbringing was in the Christian home. Uh, I have a lot of mixed memories growing up. Um, both of my parents were military, so we moved around a good bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing when we were growing up, yes, we worked in a Christian home, but my father was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my memories of my father growing up were coming home and finding him passed out in his car. Mm-hmm. And me and my older brother were having to drag him inside. You know, it's yeah, probably it's didn't think much of that as a child. You know, we just thought that we were helping him. Yeah. But, you know, that, that really took a toll on me mm-hmm. as I started getting older. And uh, I know when I got older that this, I think it made it that much more easy for me to, to start into alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, I started drinking the the stuff that he left around oh yeah and you know of course that went into my friends and it it just started it started going in a bad direction very early age Mm -hmm. Um, my my parents they uh 
of course they're loving parents and they they worked very hard sometimes two and three jobs at a time to where they weren't always around yeah they left you know me and my older brothers my younger sister kind of defend for ourselves and i hate to put it like that but yeah we we kind of just fended for ourselves and and that just made that much so much more easy to just do what i wanted to mm-hmm. but you know we we made friends with the kids around the neighborhood once we did finally settle down in martinsburg mm-hmm. martinsburg being small at the time there wasn't a whole lot to do so drinking and smoking and messing around like that was just a an everyday thing for for me and a lot of the kids growing up in martinsburg you had to make your own things to do because there wasn't a Un- lot unfortunately yeah. that's just how it was yeah yeah that's right yeah so what about what age do you remember what age you kind of started getting into right. the drinking and that kind of stuff i do it was uh right around 12 13 12 years 13 old. years old yeah wow yeah so what how was like um did you guys did your parents or did you guys go to church or anything like that or you know uh with your dad you know and his drinking problem did he go and how 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 did that look that uh church aspect Um, we still went to church yes Uh and um at that time it, it, it felt more like i was being forced to go yeah, that, that was always my feeling at church growing up. That yeah. I, I was forced to go, and it wasn't a. It was kind. Of, I guess it was kind of one of those family secrets. You know, you, you go to church and everybody thinks everything is going fine. And yeah, m- minus a few people that were actually trying to help my father at the time. Yeah, and you know, and I, I bet there's probably a lot of folks that have that similar situation where there's a lot of secrets and a lot of things hidden, you know, mm-hmm. and they go to church and, and everybody looks around and everybody's fine and wonderful, or at least you think so. But yet at home, there's these deep, dark secrets and problems and issues. And, and, uh, you know, and that, that's one thing that I've thought about over the years. And, and, you know, we use that tagline for our church, you know, real people, real God, mm-hmm. um, because really that's how we have to be we have to be real we're all we're all real we're all people with issues and we're all working through them you know and that's the one thing i, I like a lot about about our church is that people are real you know and and we're all works in progress and um so what was your what was it like with the your friends and the people around you how were those influences as you were growing up you know 12 and up um do you have a lot of negative influences or or I mean, a lot of the people that I hung around with were always older than me. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they were into other things that I wasn't into yet, which eventually ended up leading down that road. Right. Yeah. And like I started getting into the marijuana and, you know, the harder drugs. It's mm-hmm. Wow. It happened at a very young age. You went. So, yeah. So I was going to I was going to ask, when did the marijuana start coming into it? Because. Normally, you know, there's there's sequence to these things. You start with, you know, you might start with a cigarette. Mm-hmm. You know, the cigarette leads to maybe a joint, and then that leads to, you know, I know that happens a lot. Where where did that? Where well, did the drugs really start coming? We always in? used to laugh about that. You know, them telling us in school that it was a gateway. We always used to laugh about that. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah. It started with like mine. Actually, started with alcohol. Okay. And my father was a cigarette smoker too. Mm-hmm. 
it went from you know smoking cigarettes to smoking marijuana and then it went very fast into the heart of drugs mm. very fast wow and those were so you you were able to get them so they were around you people had them you know it wasn't oh, it was a daily basis yeah yes. it wasn't a problem getting them no it wasn't. yeah that's uh the surroundings say a whole lot don't they <laughs> it really does <laughs> the influence wow so we'll we'll jump ahead and then we'll go back so so tell us a little bit about how you met jesus well, I mean, I I believe that I've always known Jesus. Mm-hmm. From a young age, my parents taught me about Christianity, and I always knew that Jesus was there. But I, I always put Jesus in that you know in that seat to to the side of me and left him there until right. I, until I needed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just had that. Just knowing that he's there, you know, right. and something goes wrong, then. Then pray or then call call. I him. didn't I didn't know the the power that I had there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's well, well. So, did so when you were old enough not to have to go to church, you know. So did you stop going to church at that point? I absolutely did. Yeah, I did too. I mean, that's because I always felt like I had to go, and then once mm-hmm. I reached a certain age, I was I was quite the rebel and said, "No, I'm not going." You know. Um. So, so basically, you grew up, and so you knew about Christianity. Your your parents taught you. You went to church, but there was this other life going on mm-hmm. with you uh, and with uh, with your dad. You know, so there was there was that going on. So you had to learn to compartmentalize. Okay, this is what church looks like. But this is what home looks like. Everybody sees this, but this is really what's happening. Uh, and then, um, so. Where did from that point, um, as you're getting into the teen years and all, so where did the road lead you uh, after that, as far as the drugs and the different things? Well, the drugs just became a lifestyle. It just, I I lived to to get high, mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't think anything was wrong with that. It was that basically marijuana at at first. Well, Mar- alcohol yeah. and mar- marijuana. Alcohol and marijuana, yeah. And it's it was just an everyday thing. It was just as normal as like you'd say going to work. You know, mm-hmm. it, was just, it was a part of our daily routine. Wow, wow. And then that lead into that other led, things. That led into pain pills. Of course, the pain pills led into heroin, mm-hmm. cocaine, psychedelics. Mm-hmm. You name it. If it was there. It it was game for us. Wow. And and were those those types of drugs also easier easy to get? Oh, very easy yeah. to get. Just just knowing the right people and you could knowing the right people. You yeah. could have didn't them. even have to have money. Just being a part of the group. Wow. Wow. So I'm just you know if I'm thinking about that, and I know a lot of times, um, uh, you know we. As we're growing up, we young adults and all, we, we're searching for something, and often, you know, at that age, we don't we don't know what that is. But did you ever feel like? Um, did you ever feel like that? Did you ever feel like you were searching for something, and these drugs and things were answers to that, or did you just do it because you know everybody was doing it, and you felt it was okay to do it? I feel like I was always searching for acceptance. Acceptance, okay. Love. Okay. 
Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I don't, and dad, I love you. So if you do hear this, you know, I'm not, I'm not blaming you for any of this, but we, I don't think that we were properly taught about sexual education. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I had to learn that on my own. Right. So my outlook on that was very bad. Yeah. It all just kind of built as mm-hmm. the years went on. Just bad thing after bad thing after bad thing, which I thought was a normal way of life. Mm. But I know that I was searching for love. And acceptance. And acceptance. Wow. You think that's what a lot of people in these types of situations are looking for? Absolutely. They're, they're, they're missing that and they're looking for that and it's been a lifetime and a lot of trouble trying to find it, but yet can't quite put their finger on what it is. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, that's really something, yeah. you know? So, you know, talk to me some more about the, the, the life style, because how many years are we talking from when you really started getting into the, like the, well, I guess from the drinking, cause that's essentially a drug in that sense, you know, um, how many years were you living like that and into that? And that was your life. Like I said, it started around 12 and 13 and it's been all the way up until about three years ago. Okay. Okay. So we're talking 20 years. So 20 years, that was the lifestyle that you lived, you know? Yeah. That's incredible. Um, so what else about those, uh, about those years? Um, you know, I know you know you mentioned a couple of different <clears throat> drugs and a couple of different things. Um, what what were some of the reactions to those things that you know, like, kept drawing you back to them and kept you know bringing you in deeper into that the, that type of drug and those things? Well, I mean, I know now looking back on it that I had I had a past hurt when I was younger, right before all this that mm-hmm. that I, I was sexually abused by one of my one of my brother's best friends okay and mm-hmm. at the time like i said i wasn't taught about my sexuality growing up the birds and the bees or you want to say it you right know. yeah so at the time i i kind of didn't really know it was wrong what he was doing to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i know that that deep down inside I knew that that was wrong. Yeah. And did you? Did it ever make you feel guilty? Um, Absolutely. I mean, you know, even though you didn't know what was right or wrong, but something inside you makes you feel like, you know, hey, this this is not right. Something's wrong Absolutely. with this. Absolutely. I mean, I I made it a point to not tell anybody. Yeah. And I I think that's a way one way I dealt with trying to forget that. Um. I, moving into my like my teenage years, I, I lost a lot of my friends to one to a car accident. Um, I lost one to an overdose. Mm-hmm. I lost one to a stabbing. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there was lots of hurt that went on with that that I was just trying to, to forget about. Yeah, which I, everybody always told me was it was an excuse, but. Well, I mean, you're you're trying to survive, right? I mean, I I just mentally, physically, cope. yeah, I don't know how to cope with it? Yeah, and that, and that's the mechanisms that we turn to to do it because they give us a temporary, you know, uh, covering of it, but it's only temporary. Um, 
so you know how about you know how about your family i mean um you were probably involved in a lot of this stuff when you started your family and you know your relationships and stuff like that i mean you know certainly that had to have a negative effect on you know on that um you know as uh you met your wife and you know and had children and stuff like that mm-hmm. so what what was that like you know well i mean i was out on my own and i this is right right before my my best friend died from the overdose and when he died from the overdose i ended up having to move back in with my parents cuz i didn't have anywhere else to go mm-hmm. the house we were living in was pretty much being taken back by the state Mm-hmm. because of what happened inside of there the landlord wasn't having it so i moved back in with my mom and dad and i ended up finding a job with one of our neighbors and my helper at the time is my wife's now brother okay yeah and that's how i met her okay and even when we met you know, we were all partying together. That was, let's see, it just gets kept going on and <laughs> just on going, and yeah. on. Wow. There's more people in the mix. Wow. And it wasn't, it wasn't long after I met her that, you know, she told me that she was pregnant and we cleaned our stuff up for quite a few years. We moved to Winchester. We got mm-hmm. a place, had a pretty decent job. Mm-hmm. All was good. And, we found a house in Martinsburg. So as soon as I moved back to Martinsburg, it was less than a month. I was, it's like I never left. Wow. Same people getting back involved with the same people, people same environment, same all environment, that stuff. Wow. Everything. Yeah. It was like, I didn't even comprehend what happened. It just kind of mm-hmm. happened. So that at, at that point or, or somewhere in that point, did you ever stop to think, you were in a similar situation for your family as your dad was for you way back then. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like I was. It's it's in, it's weird in it how it just sometimes things come back around that living way. Living his life over again. Wow, that's crazy. Wow, just a little bit more intense. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's cool. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna um, we're gonna end for this episode and we're gonna um. Uh, continue one more episode after this uh, speaking with Matt Clark um, giving a, just a, a story of his life and testimony of what God's doing and ha- has done and is doing in the life that he had and, and the drugs and different things and you know, we're just praying that this uh, certainly can help somebody and, and uh, uh, help maybe help you or help somebody that you know and uh, you know because this is just such a prevalent prevalent issue in our society drugs and heroin and that kind of thing and and uh, sex and all that is just destroying uh, lives and, and young people's lives. And we just want to help. So uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Please uh, check out the next episode. We're going to continue uh, talking to Matt. So um, thanks for listening. God bless. We're so glad you could join us for this episode of the Real People, Real God podcast. You can support this podcast by visiting www.valleyviewchapel.net and click on the donate button. Music was by Kevin McLeod, and my name is Tim Howard. Until next time, may the Spirit of God continue to teach you His ways.